If things are slowing down in your local market, experts say you should be using this time to evaluate your processes and doing more to work on your business rather than just in it. Today, we have guests who make it their business to make your business more efficient, and we're talking about all the various ways you can do that. It's going to be a great episode. I'm Lindsay Gordon, and this is Title Talks. started, I want to remind you that PropLogix brings you this podcast because we truly want to help. As a service provider, we're also here to help make your business more efficient and grow by providing services that allow you more time to work on your business rather than just in it. Whether it's title searches, commercial searches, HOA research, and a whole lot more, we take away repetitive and time-consuming work so that you can focus on growing your title company. And the best part about it is that you only pay for the services you need when the orders come in, meaning your company is always operating more efficiently. Now, let's get to that interview. We've heard from a lot of our clients about, you know, sort of starting to see a drop in orders. And so we're really here to talk about, you know, regardless of what you are seeing in your own market, uh, making sure that your organization and your operation is really just ready to weather market circumstances you may be facing. So the more efficient you are, the better off your organization is going to be as a whole. So um, I'm going to go ahead and let Kay and Bree introduce themselves and talk a little bit about uh, their background. I'll take that first. Um, So Kay Underwood, um, I've been in title 30 years. Uh, The last eight of those have been going around the country, consulting for title agencies, generally operationally, worked in every size agency or worked with every size agency from, you know, small sole proprietor, couple people, one location, two multi-state, multi-office, multi-brand title companies. Um, so that that's a little bit about me. All right. Well, I'll go next since I guess I'm the last one. So I'm Bree McDaniel. Like Kay, I've been in the industry for a while. I'm coming up on a um, little over 25 years. And like Kay, I've sat the seat start to finish. I've worked every position in a title company. I spent the last um, part of my full-time career working as director of ops or operations managers um, for some large multi-state, multi-office companies. And about eight, nine years ago, I started consulting. Awesome. Since we have very little time, I'm going to get right into the questions. We keep hearing this term, the great deceleration, um, you know, or market correction, I think is another term that we're hearing a lot. Um, Some from your conversations with title professionals and your clients, I know you guys, you know, work with people all over the U.S. Like, what are you hearing and seeing in in various markets? So, as we all know, title is very regional, um, and this is no different. What's happening in markets is very regionally driven. I think uh, across the board, refinances are down for obvious reasons. Some markets have seen a decline in purchase business, while others are still maintaining, um, you know, pre-pandemic numbers. Uh, the last two years, I think everybody can agree, have been an anomaly. Um, and so I think one thing that's important and I share with my clients is rather than comparing year over year performance, um, you really need to compare current year over 2018 or 2019. If you're setting yourself up 
comparing against an anomaly, you're, you're going to be sad. So um, I think it's important to to use a normal baseline to look at look at those comparisons. Yeah, I agree. I think what Kay said is spot on right now. Um, trends are definitely regional when looking at purchase business. We know that some markets are really insulated, like I sit here in D.C., and we're insulated because of the federal government. So we have pretty continuous numbers while other markets don't have that same luxury. So some markets are staying really, really hot while others are you know, getting back to normal. And the market we had during COVID definitely wasn't sustainable. Um, just because refis aren't going to last forever. So um, I'd say what we're seeing right now is a typical a typical summer market. It just seems to be so vastly different from what we had the past couple of years, just because, again, like I said, that refi, refi market is much slower. We talk about having an inefficient title company. Like what, what do you think that means? Like regardless of what you're seeing in your individual markets, like obviously it's always a good idea to run as efficiently as you possibly can. So like, what does that look like for, for a title company? Yeah, absolutely. So running a, a business efficiently really means that you're just trying to keep your expenses to a minimum and keep your profits high. Um, so for a title company, that looks like using your technology and your staff to its greatest potential to make sure you're really increasing customer satisfaction. Keeping your customers happy really helps to ensure your repeat business, regardless of what the, the market looks like. So you really want to keep those customers happy so they keep coming back. And to piggyback off of that, so generally the, the three top expense categories in title are number one, staffing, um, employee expenses, number two, occupancy. That might not be number two anymore, depending on if a title agent has you know pivoted at all during the pandemic. Um, but then the third one is generally technology. And that technology is not just your, you know, your uh, network infrastructure, but it's also your production software, any other vendor plugins that you have to bolster that functionality. Um, and so a, a good thing to do, you know, to, to run efficiently is make sure that you're getting the biggest bang for your buck, um, you know, on that technology spend, regardless of market conditions. You know, it's always a good idea to make sure that you're getting the most from the money that you're spending. So if I am a title agency owner, like where do I like if I have not really even thought about this question, like how do I evaluate like what places in my business are inefficient? Where do I start? And I think a good one to start with um, is going to be that technology, um, you know, where you're spending your money. Bree and I have both seen more times than we care to count title agents that are spending money on, on a product or a, a service that they never got off the ground. Technology that's sitting on the shelf. Generally, there's a can be a, a multitude of reasons for that, but that's going to be the first thing to look at, and you know, is what you're spending your money on, and is your team slash your clients are they actually getting benefit for that spend? A lot of times, you know, there's definitely room for improvement in those areas. Yep, totally agree with everything um, you just said, Kay. I think too, you know. Other things you want to look at are, you know, is there repetitive work in your process that you can eliminate? So a lot of times things we'll see, like just as an example, we'll go in and we'll see seven people have reviewed the contract because nobody's written that information down to begin with or put it somewhere in the file. So, you know, can you cut things like that down, duplication of effort so it makes things easier? Is your team really working around the software? If you hear that word workaround from employees, um, that should be your first clue that you're inefficient. Anytime you've got workarounds happening, there are big problems, Kay, and I always cringe when we hear that word because we're always like, ooh, but I guess that's why we have a job too, <laughs> so it keeps us busy. 
But yeah, so you really want to make sure that your technology matches your process on the floor so you don't have those workarounds. Um, if it doesn't, that's something that really needs to be corrected immediately because you're losing time and money when you work that way. So really important to get those, those corrected. Um, and with the way the market is right now, it's a great time to review your process and see you know, what's going on and how things can be tweaked and where can you implement changes to make it better. I, I think Kay and I both recommend right now is a great time to do that because if you make the changes now, your employees start to learn them, get comfortable with them and it becomes muscle memory for them. So it's pretty you know, rote for them to do that. So as business increases or picks back up, they don't have to worry about doing something different. They're already prepared for it. The optimal time to, to improve your processes is before you need them to be improved, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's why we're having this conversation now because, you know, whether, you know, you're, you're seeing big drops or if you're just having those regular seasonal, you know, sort of lulls, it is the time to really sharpen your saw, so to speak. So when people see changes, you know, because if they're not like looking year over year, if they're just like kind of reactionary looking at last year and then seeing this year in comparison, panic can maybe start to creep in. So I'm just curious, what are some of the common mistakes that you see companies making when they start to see orders drop? Yep, like you said, Lindsay, panic is definitely the first thing that um, sets in. So we see a bunch of arbitrary layoffs. Um, and that doesn't really always help. You might be getting rid of key people in your organization just because of their salary and you want to make sure you're not losing real talent and functionality in your, your work and your process by getting rid of people. So it's really better to evaluate your P&L statement, like Kay said earlier, you know, look at, know what you're spending and see what other expenses you can cut and how you can increase efficiency with the things that you have on hand so your software and your technology. I'm not saying that doesn't mean people aren't going to have to get laid off but it's you know really better to look at everything else because you don't want to be scrambling to find talent when there's an upswing in your business and then you can't handle you know the business that you had because you got rid of everyone you know and i'm going to repeat myself a little bit but i'm repeating myself because i keep hearing it over and over from clients but if, if you haven't been watching your analytics uh, now there's no better time to start than now um, and again 20 and 21 are anomalies. Um, and so comparing yourself against that, it's it's not realistic and it's 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 just not where you want to make your decisions based on, um, or you will be making you know very reactionary decisions. Um, but if you start comparing your current production, your current performance against 2018 slash 2019, that's more realistic, more reasonable. Those were more normal markets, but still robust markets. By no means were we in an, an 06, 08 situation here. You know, and, and I think some people are sort of having that knee jerk reaction and, you know, maybe it's scared of the recent history, um, but that it's that's not where we're at and that the measures don't need to be the same sort of sort of thing. Um, so if you if you haven't watched your analytics, please start to look at those now. We actually just had an interview <clears throat> yesterday, um, our, four, our Four Stories podcast, which is a weekly news podcast for real estate. We interviewed uh, the senior, a senior economist and director of forecasting for the National Association of Realtors. And, you know, she she made that same, you know, assertion that, you know, we we may not pick up, you know, right away, um, you know, going into the fall and winter, but that it's it's nothing like what we had seen before. You know, having lived through it before, I think a lot of us are, you know, sort of scarred. So it's it's a good thing, you know, to remember that we're not where we were once before. Yeah, yeah. So if I am kind of 
you know, in that mode where I'm like, where, where am I going to make up, you know, some of the drops if I have staffed up or something like that? Like what, what about diversifying and increasing revenue streams? So I think one of the first things and it goes back to business analytics um, is you got to know where your business is coming from. You got to know what kind of business you have, where it's coming from and be honest about who it's tied to. And this goes back kind of to evaluating staff as well. Um, but spoiler alert, your business may, may not be tied to who you think it's tied to. Um, so it's it's really important to look at that from an objective perspective and, and determine as you're evaluating people where those business relationships lie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, once you know where your business is coming from, you can evaluate your team and make those determinations. Again, goes back to the whole panic and, you know, all of that. Who are you going to keep? Um, who do you have to have there? So and also when you evaluate your team, you may find things that you didn't know you had in your skill set. Right. You might have somebody who has great commercial experience and you could look to grow your business in that way, um, you know, and bring on a new line of business that you didn't have previously. Same thing, you know, you might have processors or escrow officers that are really experienced in purchase business and you guys are currently doing or we're doing a bunch of, you know, refinances. Maybe now you can start to look into the purchase side as well. You know, is it maybe time to join forces with another company? We've seen that a lot and Kay and I have worked a lot with clients to help them merge to grab, you know, merge together into um, a JV. So, you know, you really want to identify what differentiates yourself um, from your competitor. Maybe, you know, your technology connects directly to your consumer and your consumer can get right into your, your software and give you all the information they need. Maybe that's something your competitors don't have. Use those type of things to market your company. You know, whatever makes you stand out and makes you different, definitely you wanna market that. Um, and when you do all of those things, it definitely helps increase your revenue. We know you love Title Talks, and did you know that PropLogics produces another show for real estate professionals like you? It's called Four Stories, and it's a weekly show where we share the four biggest stories in real estate that help professionals and lay people alike keep a pulse on what's going on in the industry. If you're interested, listen in by visiting proplogics.com forward slash four dash stories or searching for Four Stories by PropLogics wherever you listen to your podcasts. So when it comes to kind of like uh, sharpening your saw or or taking the time to really evaluate it, it can feel like my business is, you know, not doing as well as I expected maybe this year. Um, why would I spend so much time and effort and potentially resources to, you know, to really evaluate my efficiency and maybe make some changes? Um, you know, are there measures that kind of feel counterintuitive that actually do help in the long run? There, absolutely. Um, and you just hit on it, uh, Lindsay. Anything, spending money um, when there's uncertainty seems counterintuitive. Um, but if you do it correctly in any business, you know, that that's sound doesn't sound business decisions. So one might one way might be evaluating um, what products are out there that are available. Um, you know, we go back to title is very regional. So the things that are available and work on the West Coast might not be available slash and or work slash and or be acceptable on the East Coast. So it's, it's definitely going to be market dependent, but it's good. It's, it's sound business for you to know what's out there. And then is there a way to leverage maybe some product offerings out there uh, with your team that can save your team 
make them more efficient, save them time, and therefore open up some time so that they can uh, work on revenue generating activities um, as opposed to, well, you know, we'll use Florida as an example to pick on PropLogics, but rather than running down a Stopples, um, here's a product, here's a, here's a service that you can subscribe to, and yes, it costs money, um, but it saves you a lot more in time, energy, effort, and brain damage uh, than it costs. Um, so are there things like that out there? And, and knowing that as a business owner, knowing what those things are because they change, um, they change fast. Uh, the other thing to consider, you know, and, and we can all, you know, agree on this, change in title is hard. Um, well, for a hundred reasons, we are not the, the champions of change in this industry, a hundred percent. Actually, <laughs> Lindsay and I did a webinar on this. About a month ago, I guess. I don't know. It seems like yesterday. Back in the um, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> wow. So, and, and I think, Lindsay, that's still available if people want to. But we talked a little bit more about change and how to tackle change because there are definitely some approaches and some strategies um, that can make it less hard. Uh, it's still hard, but make it less hard. So, you know, you've heard Kay say so far, analytics, 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 and definitely, you know, Analytics and marketing can really impact your business if you take the time to do them correctly. Analytics give you information on things like your turn times. How fast, mm -hmm. you know, are you getting your product out to the customer? And that, you know, can always impact customer service. You know, we always get those fun phone calls from the lender saying, hey, where's my commitment? Where's my commitment? I have to close tomorrow. So, you know, running analytics and KPIs on, on things like that or SLAs, whatever, you know, fun word you want to call them, really can help you look and see, you know, where are some training opportunities um, or where are ways you can increase your customer service. Um, obviously, you know, the better your service, the better it is to retain, easier it is to retain your clients and even gain new ones. Analytics with market trends also help you forecast your business. So you can sort of see, again, when we have busy periods, when we have um, slower periods, again, apples to apples, like Kay said earlier, you want to make sure you're looking at the right time frames because, again, last year, 2020, definitely a little different. Um, so, but doing those things keep you reactive instead of being proactive. And anytime you're acting, you know, in a proactive manner, you're already behind the eight ball in title. So you really need to be as reactive as possible. Um, Kay and I did a webinar. Kay said it feels like yesterday, but I guess it was 2019. <laughs> um, we did a webinar with Sydney McGovern, Orange Leaf Consulting, and Ethan um, Pausner from FNF. And it was called working in versus working on your business. And a lot of that was really about the analytics and the important analytics that you want to um, look at. Yeah, absolutely. So do you guys have any like technology recommendations to help in increase efficiency? What should people maybe be looking at or evaluating? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's super important to know what's out there in the market. So things like PropLogix that can jump in there and help you take away a, a piece of, I don't want to call it busy work, but maybe tedious work that would free up time for your employees to work on customer service. Products like that are always super helpful. The other thing is also making sure, again, your people are properly trained on whatever technology you have. Um, training will impact your efficiency the most. So the you know, again, as much as they're working with the system as possible, it makes it easier. Um, whenever employees try to make up their own way of doing things, or again, use that word workaround, it completely slows them down. It slows down the process for the entire team. So you want to make sure they're really working with the technology that you have instead of fighting against it. And Bree brings up one of the more common issues that she and I see all the time, 
the the training, the lack of training. Um, one of the characteristics of, of people in title is we make it work. But if you're if your people are using phrases like I have to make it work this way, I have to, I had to do it this, I do it this way. Um, I'm working around it this way. Those are all things. Those are all words that when, when Bree and I are in an agency, our ears immediately perk up Red flag. Um, yeah. because it means they're doing something. They think they have to do it a certain way. And it's probably a, a gap in training because they're not doing it the way that it's intended to work in the software. So those are things that you can listen to. The other common thing we see is, and Bree touched on this before, but What's happening on the floor, on the front line, is not always and sometimes not even close to what owners slash managers think is happening. So you get a, a service or a product plug-in, and you you think it works this way because this is the way you think it's working on the floor. The floor is working completely differently, so now they have to figure out how to make it work. Uh, that's a lot of what we see. And it's just a, it's a little bit of a disconnect. I mean, things happen, they change, customer expectations change, and your people are reacting and you may or may not even really know about it. Yeah, that's such a good point about, you know, the, those workarounds. It's like a lot of times you're hiring people on quickly and, and it's kind of like, well, their training is just going to be on the fly. And so they don't really necessarily learn the right way to do it. They just do it the easiest or the most evident or obvious way, um, you know, and because they haven't really had that had that one on one time with someone who knows how to use the system or, um, you know, maybe it is like somebody who works for that company that comes on and does like a training, you know, it, it can always feel like, well, you just you learn on the job, right? I feel like with title, I feel like that's a lot of how people kind of come to know what what to do. And it's just never, um, you know, you just don't know how 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 much more you could make your process more efficient until you kind of really evaluate, hey, this is the, the right way to do it. Because it is so easy to just say, oh, this, like you said, this is how I do it. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you're right, Lindsay. I mean, the training generally um, in this industry is almost uh, exclusively on the fly. Um, and you're being trained by the person who's at the seat before you. Who had um, maybe bad habits as well yeah bad habits training gaps made it work this is how i make it work and i show the next person and it just it's a snowball downhill effect um you know and it it really takes almost a, an external intervention to see it spot it fix it and then make it correct so my last question um it's kind of loaded <laughs> but what is it you know that we could do now, you know, like what are some actionable things that a title company owner can do to prepare for whatever is ahead? We've said the word 400 times, I'm going to say it 402, um, <laughs> but analytics, it's working on the business instead of in the business. If you're looking at, if you know what your metrics are, and if you don't know what metrics it is that you need to look at, we need to have a conversation. Um, but look at those, it is worth, a, it's, you know, it's a pound of, of, of prevention. I mean, it, um, P&L review, um, claims training. I think that's something that's going to sneak up on us from the last few years. And I think most of the underwriters will agree. Um, they're going, there are going to be some claims that come up, um, that were simply a function of everybody moving way too fast. Too fast. Um, yeah. but that's one that, you know, it's not claims training is not sexy. Um, not at all, but it's, you know, it's part of your costs. I mean, you know, it's, it goes straight, a lot of times it goes straight to your bottom line. Um, and then, you know, researching that product availability. Technology had changed in the last 10 years more than it changed in the previous 30. 
but the last two accelerated it immensely. And guess what, folks? It's not done. We got more changes coming down the pipe. Um, and so if you're not in tune with actually what is out there, what's available, what's going on out there, it is worth your time, energy, and effort to, to kind of get more in tune with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing really is to understand your company in the marketplace. And the only way to do that is analytics. I mean, again, if she said it 402, I'm going to say it 403 times, maybe 405 till we're done. But, you know, you, you can kind of pick their brain real time view of what's happening um, in your in your company. You need to know, you know, how many deals are coming in a week. Are they going up? Are they going down? Where's the business coming from? How are your turn times? You know, what is your expense profile? Is that going up? Is it going down? So really important things to look at. Um, and when you review this information and, you know, really take a look and pay attention to it, you can better prepare for market fluctuations. So you're you're knowing when things are going to change and, you know, if you're getting more expensive or if it's getting cheaper for you to do business. So important things. And then, you know, last thing again, we've said it a lot, but keep your technology in line with your process. So whether that's your production software and a combo of vendors or, you know, whatever you're using that you're touching, your infrastructure, all of that, really keep it in line and buttoned up with your process to make life easy and more efficient for everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. You guys shared a lot of really helpful stuff. I want to open up the floor. Um, if you do have a question, go ahead and type it into the question box um, while we have Bree and Kay here. Okay, we've got a question. Um, how can a brand new agency uh, survive this volatile market? Um, it's a question that we see a lot. I don't, Kay, you want to go first? You want me to? Go ahead. <laughs> like, go ahead, start talking. Um, so, it, it's definitely hard when you're coming in as a newbie in the market. Again, the best things that you can do really to survive it and grow are focus on your customer service. Make sure that you're using what you're paying for. You're keeping your costs down as much as possible and you're working smart. So again, that is sometimes you're hiring an outside vendor to help with something that maybe you're not so great at or it gives you more time, you know, pushing that piece of the, the um, process onto somebody else, you know, giving you the time to do that market development and growth um, with potential clients. So you really just, you know, got to buckle down. A lot of title companies, you know, came into the space when things were starting to get, get really, you know, busy. So again, just really making sure that, you know, you're keeping your costs down and, and really working what you know how to do and um, outsourcing what you can't. Okay, what do you have to add? I would agree with, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I also think that, you know, uh, finding ways to diversify your lines of business um, are always going to help weather market fluctuations. So, again, back to the, you know, if you're a, a refinance heavy shop, um, you know, refinances start and stop on a dime. Um, and we've seen them stop on a dime. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll see them start on a dime, too. It, it happens every time. <laughs> and I don't know why it surprises us. Always surprises it, everybody. Doing yeah. Yes. But, um, you know, so the more you can diversify, um, you know, new construction, you know, builder, developer, commercial takes longer, but the payoff, you know, the, the revenue per, per files hands down mm -hmm. to residential, um, you know, but purchase, you know, having a nice solid mix of business um, is probably one of the best ways to insulate yourself against market fluctuations. Yeah, absolutely. So, um 
Samantha is asking if there are any specific technology programs or systems that you've you've heard of that you think are are particularly helpful for making your business more efficient. I think one of the things that I think um, you know, Bree and I made a very conscious decision when we started doing this to remain agnostic um, and to remain a, an advocate and a true um, you know resource for our clients. And so there is no one size fits all in anything. Vendors, production, I mean any of it. There are a multitude of options out there, and a lot of it, as we're just helping our clients determine this we find out, you know, what is their, first of all, what's their current business look like? You know, how many states are they in? How many jurisdictions are they in? Underwrite all, you know, all these variables. And then what are their plans? You know, do they want to expand outside of what they do now? Do they want to expand to different states? Because the answer to those questions is going to be very dependent on your answers to those questions. Um, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, why Bree and I have stayed agnostic because we want to make sure that we're giving you a recommendation that we feel is truly best for your agency and we have no dog in this fight mm -hmm. um it's simply what we think is best yeah yeah totally spot on it's hard to say you know depending again we those are typical questions that we ask like Kay said you know how big are you how many employees how many states how many underwriters how many jurisdictions what are you doing here what are you doing there because what may work for your competitor may not necessarily work for you why we all sell the same product we don't do it in the same way, you know, we do it differently and that's what makes each company so great. So it's really important, you know, for us to have a great understanding of what you're doing so we can give you what we think is specific for your needs. I will say there are product off the, the, the product offerings that are out there now, um, you know, and, and again, PropLogix is, you know, has a, a multitude of product offerings and there's a lot of vendors out there that do. And, and there's more product offerings out there now, I think, than at least that I'm aware of have ever been in the market. So, um, you know, and there are ones that work better in different areas. Um, you know, estoppels are not as big of an issue in other parts of the country as they are in Florida. Um, you know, municipal lien searches, not an issue in a lot of places. Um, you know, so there's, yeah, so those are the kinds of things that you have to know your market um, and then look at your options. But there there are product offerings out there now that far exceed anything that's been available in the past. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I would say if there's something, you know, somebody's looking at in particular, we're always happy to give our opinion. I think Kay and I are, are usually pretty good at that, whether it's solicited or not, we'll, we'll usually tell you what we, what we think and what we feel just again, because we've sat the seat and we, we know those pain points that you're having. So we want to make it easier for everybody. I would ask, I know you guys brought up analytics, so I'm going to bring it up one more time. Um, but like, what, are you looking at, are you looking at like your title production software to find those analytics? Like, are, do you guys just like type of software? Is, are there different things outside of um, like closing softwares that you might use? Or is it pretty much We're both seeing who's going to answer first? I mean, I your data, your data, you can, you can tell this is the part we didn't practice, right? So <laughs> your data comes from your title production software. So that is a huge piece of your analytics. Some software programs are better at analytics than others. Um, so you want to get whatever you can out of your software system. You so already if they already have built-in canned reports, you should be using those. If they don't and you're on a SQL-based um, production software, there are connections that you can go to out in the marketplace. You've got Intrinsics Informer, Ops Insights. Um, I think there's a couple of others. 
but you can go out and connect those to your software system so that you can get that data out in a manner that you want. Um, so again, we highly recommend starting with your software system and seeing what it has internally. They all come with some sort of reporting feature. So again, you're paying for it, you might as well use it before you start investing money in another third-party provider. Yeah, but the data, back to your question too, Lindsay, the data itself that you do analyze, the data is coming from your production software. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I, I just wanted to mention, Hilda did ask what the best closing software is. And I just want to reiterate, we're agnostic here. And, and it, it like just like Bree and Kay said, it really just depends on exactly what your operation is, where you are, and what your goals are for the future as, as a, an operation. Yeah. So 100%. Yeah, yeah. So someone like Bree and Kay, like these are the things that they specialize in doing, helping evaluate what your company, you know, is and what your goals are in the future so that they can make, you know, best best recommendations. So well, and one thing that anybody that knows us will tell you, and you've probably already seen demonstrated in the last 35 minutes, but um, we're not short on opinion and we are not scared to give it. <laughs> That's what we love Sometimes about you, guys. we you know, but and even when we don't, it's usually written right here. Right on my forehead. <laughs> oh. Okay, it looks like that might be our last question for the day. Thank you both so much for sharing your expertise. I know it's not an easy topic. Um, it's so broad uh, in terms of, you know, there's so many ways that you can increase your efficiency, but I think you guys shared some really, really helpful things for title professionals. Well, and Lindsay, we really just want to thank you and PropLogics, one, for the opportunity to talk to you and your team and, and share what you know we can. And plus, again, just thank you guys so much for what you're doing for the industry as both a vendor and doing these great educational pieces. You know, we're really appreciative to be a part of that. So thank you so much for having us. It's it's very valuable and and kudos to you guys for for doing it. It it really does help. Oh, well thank you very much. And we hope everyone has um, a safe and happy weekend. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for staying a little longer and uh, uh, take care and happy closings, right? Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Take right. care, y'all. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. For more information on how you can contact Kay and Bree at Title Consultants, LLC, visit our show notes at the PropLogics website, proplogics.com slash resources slash podcasts. Thank you again to our guests. And as always, happy closings. <laughs>